0: You teach them to be an adult for the rest of their life. Hallelujah. So in that, you have to learn sometimes how to sit back and grit your teeth at some of the bad decisions that they're going to make. Because the only way they're going to learn how to make good decisions is they have to go through the process of making bad decisions. Amen. That's how we learn how to make good decisions. We look at all the bad decisions. See, a crash dummy, a crash dummy is a person, no matter what age you are, is you still making the same mistakes over and over and over. That's a crash dummy. But for a teenager, somebody who's just learning how to live life on their own, for them to make mistakes, that's expected. Which one of us didn't? Hallelujah. So everybody understood the role in the home, but I wanted to specifically talk about the teenage years because they're so frustrating on parents, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're frustrating on the teenager as well, because the teenager wanna go forward and mature, but he feels like he's got somebody with a lasso around his neck instead of telling him, whoa, whoa, don't move so fast dear little buddy. Hallelujah. Well, the parents always wanna keep you safe, but the teenager needs, everybody say needs, needs, needs to go out into the world and make their mistakes and, and mature. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, the central concern was to maintain the natural order and authority of subordination. That was what the book was talking about is that we need to understand, once again, the structure of authority. In the structure of authority, we need to be able to understand that God has created the family on earth to mimic the family in heaven. This is why the Bible says uh, 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 Jesus told Peter, he says whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. But the way that our English vernacular says it, it makes it sound like what happened on earth is primary and what, hap- and, and what, what happened is in heaven is predicated on what we do on earth but that's just because of the bad translation in the English vernacular because what it's really saying is what's already established in heaven, you need to start loosening that stuff on earth, and we'll say okay to it. Whenever you, whenever, watch this, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, that if one is by himself and he fall, he in trouble, he ain't got nobody to help him up. He said, but when two walk together, at least you got somebody to help you up. But what do he see? he go further and say what? A three-chord strand is even better, in other words, when you got a team. Amen. So, uh, understanding now, we've we've lost that in this culture that we live because we are we are approximately 2,021 years from the birth or the death of Jesus. That's why that's why today is what it is, 2021 A.D. And since we don't write the A.D. no more, we forget that that date is predicated upon the birth or the death of Jesus. <laughs> See, we forget that. So. We have to try, try our best to keep things the way that God established them or initiated them, and, and the society, the home, would work a whole lot better. Amen? We are humans. We won't be perfect, but we don't have to be this rebellious and, and corrupt. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's go ahead and start off reading uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. The Bible says, I'm reading from the New New Living Translation of the Bible, and it says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days, some will turn away from the true faith. There's a semicolon there in my Bible. I got it in the King James, uh, and it has a common. Mm-hmm. But the point being It's not a period so he's not finished There's more to come That's what commas and semicolons and colons mean There's more to come on this same thought So let's look at what he says I'm going to start over from verse 1 again Now the Holy Spirit Tells us clearly Now Let's go over some of the definitions Or the titles or the functions of the Holy Spirit What are some of the functions of the Holy Spirit leading guide into all truth bring us back into remembrance of what we already know and read comforter counselor teacher amen okay so now let's read this in context again now the one who teaches and leads and counsels us and comforts us he has told us clearly that in the last days there's going to be some that's going to fall away from the true faith they will follow Deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Now real, real quick, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Real, real quick, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Amen. Philippians chapter 1. If you get there before me, start reading uh, chapter 1. Uh, let me get there real quick. Philippians chapter 1. Uh, verse 15. Philippians chapter 1 starting at verse 15. Paul says, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry. But others preach Christ out of a pure motive. They preach because they love me. For they know I have been appointed to the defense of the people. See, what he's saying now, look at verse 2 back when it was in 1 Timothy. These people are hypocrites and lies, and their consciences are dead. See, they got people that's preaching for all different kind of reasons. Mm. Watch this. Sometimes the preacher himself do not even know. This is how, watch. Come on now, let's put it all together. When we look at Genesis chapter 3, we learn that there's some adjectives ascribed to the devil. He's subtle, he's cunning, he's crafty, uh, he's sneaky, he's mischievous. <coughs> Amen? So there's all kinds of reasons that people are teaching <coughs> the gospel. And some people, some of us, and I'm going to put myself into it, I'm trying my best, but I could be the antichrist. Because remember... The false prophet and the antichrist—they are people that's portraying to be people of God. Don't forget that the beast—the beast is a governmental leader, but the antichrist and the false prophet—that's religious leaders. And the Bible says, "The psalmist, what I said, uh, uh, every way seem right to a man in his own eyes." That ain't no song; that's a proverb. That's in proverb. And it's it's from chapter 14 to chapter 21, it's in the Bible five times, that that statement. In five consecutive chapters, he says several times, every way seemed right to man in his own eyes. In other words, all of us think we do and do. When Paul was persecuting Christians and putting them in jail, didn't he think he was doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think David Koresh didn't think he was doing the right thing? Amen. So, sometimes the Bible says, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Let me, let me go ahead and read on. So, Elder, Elder, you find 2 Thessalonians 2.11. So, Cynthia, you find 1st, 2 Corinthians 2.11. So, that's 2 Thessalonians 2.11 and 2 Corinthians 2.11. And first, later, you find 1 John 4, chapter 4. I think what we want is going to start right in verse 1. So, Elder, you get 2 Thessalonians 2.11. The sympathy you get 2 Corinthians two eleven, eleven. Uh and first lady, you get first John four, and I'm gonna get Romans uh chapter one. Now watch this. go ahead. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Mm. Mm. Now, I don't know if y'all heard that, and I say God going to send a strong delusion so that the people may believe the lie. Now, why would God do that? Because he's what? Say it loud. Yeah, he's tired. God is long-suffering. Now, the thing about long-suffering is there's even an end to that. Now, people can be long-suffering, <laughs> patient, and kind, but there's even an end to that. Hallelujah! He didn't say forever suffering. He said long suffering. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Say it, go ahead. Okay. They say Satan should take advantage of us, for so we are not ignorant of his devices. Oh, so the enemy got devices. And I wanted to show both sides. Because sometimes you don't know if that's God sending something, is he sick and tired of you or testing you or getting ready to move you to a new level or if you, don't, you don't know if that's the devil really, really poking and jabbing at you. You really don't know. Remember, we're talking about false teaching. So elder read that God going to allow some people to fall into false teaching. He wasn't going to send the delusion, the strong delusion. Amen. Amen. Uh, first lady, first John, start reading uh, Chapter 4, right at verse 1 Dear friends Do not believe everyone Who claims to speak by the Spirit mm-hmm. You must test them to see If the Spirit they have comes from God You see? Thank you That's it? Yes ma'am, thank you You see? You can't just go Believe in everything you hear You have watch this, Paul says in the book of Acts He says that you have to be noble like the Marines And go home and study to see if what we say Is true and so many people, so many people go to church. And, and honestly, I can't really, I, I can't put a finger on why they're going, but I don't know why you would go to school. Everybody that go to them PAISD schools, they go to Taco academy they go to Lamar University, everybody bringing pens and paper with them. Because their intention for going there is to learn something. Hallelujah. So if you go into school and you don't have no, you must have a photographic memory. Because you're not going to remember everything the teacher says. So you need to be writing it down, taking notes, and go home and study and see if this is being put together or rightfully divided. If it's being divided rightfully. Amen. Amen. So in Romans chapter 1, God says that he will turn the people over because of their disobedience that he's going to turn the people over to a reprobate mind. And that word reprobate means a mind that would come up with all type of lewd activities. Amen. Come on, let's go to uh, uh, verse three. Verse three says, in, I'm, I'm back in first Timothy four. Verse three says, they will say it is wrong to be mad. It's wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and by prayer. So, you'll know when you're in a cult. There's some specific identifying marks when you're in a cult. First, they're going to try to tell you don't get married. But the leader can have all the women know. Now, how can none of the other men get married, but he can have all the women, even the ones that was yours at first? So right away, right away when marriage rules come up uh, about people not getting married or or men can have several wives or the leader of the cult got to have all the women, all the women got to pass through him first. That's a cult. Now, if you stay there. You need to stay there knowing you're in a cult. You don't need no more evidence than that. Hallelujah. It ain't about really doctrinal. A cult, they don't have doctrinal problems a lot of times. They messing with, uh, let let me rephrase that. They're manipulating God's word, is what cults do. They manipulate God's word. Now this is how I feel about it personally. Whenever I'm at a church and somebody's teaching or I'm in a religious environment or I'm in a, a, a Christian environment and somebody's teaching me the Bible but they Bible closed, honestly, your notes is what you think. So if you close your Bible but you're reading out of your notes or from your from your tablet, not impressed at all. Because I want to know what they'll say to the Lord. Amen. 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 So, cults in Genesis chapter nine, verse three. Let's deal with this thing real quick. Look after he said people shouldn't be married. Look what he said. Don't be eating certain foods. Now that's what Paul was dealing with. Elder, go to Colossians. Uh, Colossians, I think chapter 2. Let me let me see. It might be one, chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Uh you go to Romans 14 and 2. First lady, you go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, and Prince, you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 23. I'm gonna do Genesis 9 and 3. Go ahead up. Colossians chapter 1, verse what? You got, what I said, you got Romans? You got know, Colossians chapter 1. Yeah, around verse 16, where he, he started talking about, uh, you know I was a don't let nobody judge you over new moons, sabbaths, and what you eat, and all that stuff. I think it's 1 around 16, it's not on chapter 1, it's Chapter 2. <coughs> it's chapter 2 on, so let no one judge doing the food or the drinks or regarding a festival or a new moon or a sabbath which are the shadow of things to come but the substance of the ears of Christ mm-hmm. you see don't let nobody start telling you this stuff about what you can eat now it's good for the church to go fast every now and then it's good for individuals to fast every night and then. Jesus, the, the apostles asked Jesus, well, why we couldn't remove the demons? He said, because some things take fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. But when people try to tell you, well, you can't eat no pork. Well, you shouldn't be eating that pig. That pig and that, you know. That ain't got nothing to do with your religion. That's got to do with your health. Mm-hmm. Eating pig ain't going to send you to hell. Eating pig going to send you to the grave before it's time for you to go there. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter nine starts off like this. And God blessed and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. And the fears and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon everything that moves on the earth and upon every fish and upon the sea. Into your hand I have delivered them. Look at verse three. Every moving thing that lives shall be meat for you, even as the green herb I have given you all things to eat. This is the stipulation in verse 4. Just don't eat the blood. Amen? So you see, they got people saying that you're not supposed to eat meat. That's not true. When they got off the boat, God said you can eat any kind of meat. That, that vision that Peter had with the meat on the sheet didn't have nothing to do with food. It had to do with God proving to him what I call clean, don't you call it dirty. It didn't have nothing to do with your diet. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. with uh, what, what you got? Fourteen and two Go ahead. It says, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Now, who, who the one that's the vegetarian? The one that's weak. You see, so people think, well, I'm a vegetarian. I'm a vegan. That means I'm closer to God. Now, he's saying you the weak one. Because in your mind, you think you eating better brings you closer to God than somebody else. Amen. I hope y'all are marking this down in your Bible. First Lady. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for me. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not be a slave to anything. Mm. That's good enough, (laughs) right? That's good enough right there. See, in the King James, he says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. He says, I can do whatever I want to do. I just don't want to be mastered by none of it. Now, listen, you, you listen, listen. Now, church has messed us up. I was listening to a commentator the other day, and he said, the church wasn't no more than two, three years old before people messed it up and started trying to bring rules in. But watch this. Christ sets us free. So remember, a few years ago, I was asking the question, remember back 2009, 10, 11, can you be free and bound at the same time? Watch this, watch this. Paul was in jail, but was he in prison? No, in his mind he was free, although he was in chains. So even if somebody got you locked up, they can't lock up your mouth. They can't lock up your spirit. They can't lock up your heart. They can't lock up your soul. Hallelujah. So he says, all things are lawful for me, but I won't be mastered by none. Now, now listen. What does the word all mean? Okay, so let's read the scripture in context. Don't get scared, because the church that messed our minds up. All things are lawful for me. Just don't be mastered by none. But this is the problem. I'm going to use drugs and alcohol as my example. There is the intent of a drug and an alcohol is to get you hooked. So don't watch this. I forget where it is. It might be in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. The writer says, Can you play with fire and not get burned? Uh, you see? But nevertheless, the Bible says, If we have been set free by Christ, we're free indeed. Paul comes back and explains that. He says, Everything lawful for me. I can do whatever I want. I'm free in Christ. He said, I just don't want to be on stuff that's going to master me. I got to do it even when I feel like it, even when I don't feel like it. And that's what an addiction is. An addiction is when you dope don't calling you, you don't even feel like getting high. it make you get high anyway. You already, you don't want to drink, but that, that alcohol will make you drink it. It's calling your name. Hallelujah. Amen. But, remember what the scripture says. All things are lawful me. Poopy, we'll go ahead and read your. Oh, Sister Prentice, I'm sorry. I, I keep calling you a big name. <laughs> Amen. I guess I have to. Uh, you got. Uh, Romans 2. You got 1 Corinthians 10 23. That's my first. first. Now, which, That's not the same like you read. Did you read 6 12? No, they both say the same thing. Oh, okay. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's going to confuse you. Oh, okay. Uh, I, wanted, I purposely want to show the reiteration because I've been taught in theological school that when the Bible co- to continues to say something over and over, He really trying to get that point across. Amen, so go ahead and read the uh, the reiteration. You say I, do, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Mm-hmm. You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. That's right. Now, you have to get that in your head. When you do decide to do certain things, you got to realize what risk you're taking. Mm-hmm. But the true, the true point that he's making is all things are lawful for us. That's Christian. The Bible, the Bible says, Paul says at one point, he says, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, he says, just make sure God can get some glory. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, in Genesis chapter uh, 1, at the end of every day, the Bible says God created this certain thing on day one, and at the end of the day, he stood out, and he looked at the day, and what did he say? It was, it was good the only time he said it was not good is when he got to the end of the sixth day and he said it's not good for this boy to be by himself amen God saw the God saw the, uh, the inadequacy in man it's not good for him to be by himself I'm going to make him a help meet or somebody to help him hmm. alright uh, chapters, I'm sorry verse 6 verse 6 says "If um, I'm back in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 says if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters Timothy you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed if you teach this now listen to me carefully. when you teach the true word of God for what it really, for what it's really saying. For the most part, unless you unless you around people who understand Scripture. But if you, you know, like I said earlier, the church that messed our minds up, because the church is the 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 the, the church of today is not preparing people for the coming of Christ. The, watch this. Look, watch this. It's just what I just said about parents. A lot of parents, the way they raising their children, it's like they raising them to stay children forever. And not raising them to be adults. I didn't do that with my kids. I, didn't, I, I told Jack, y'all heard me say this before. Jack was seven years old. Boy, he had made me so mad. I say, I ain't gonna even do you nothing this time. Because I'm not looking at you at seven, I'm looking at you at 25. And my pastor had already taught me, if you keep cussing him out and beating on him, you're going to mess his adult life up. That's good teaching, ain't eh? So I, I learned not to cuss my child out, not to beat him for every little thing, and now he's a success. <laughs> he's a successful man. But I could have destroyed his mind and his, uh, what did Uncle Bro say? Don't beat, don't do what? Spirit. Don't beat his spirit out of him. Don't break his spirit. Don't break his spirit. That's what Paul, uh, who who wrote that? What that said when he said, fathers, do not provoke your children. That's what he's talking about. Don't beat their spirit out of them. Don't provoke them to be thugs. Don't provoke them to run out on the street and be bad and hard and disrespectful. Because sometimes we make our children that way. Now some of them just turn and do that stuff on their own. Amen. But a lot of times our children are products of where they grow up at. We have to be very cautious. the Bible says, "Be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove." Amen. All right, so he's telling Timothy here in verse six: uh, if you if you really teach right, don't watch this. Don't worry about being in favor with people. I heard somebody told me just the other day: I'd rather people be mad at me than God. You see? Uh huh. So I just got to teach what the Bible says. Matter of fact, I'm not that smart to go making it up on my own, anyway. So it's safer for me to just teach what the scriptures say instead of trying to finagle the scripture. And remember this lie I told last Sabbath? Cause I gotta come back and teach something this Sabbath. No, I'm gonna just tell you what the Bible says. The one thing I told you about the Bible is consistent. It has continuity. Amen. Verse seven. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales instead train yourself to be godly physical training is good but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life oh, oh and the life to come you can work out all you want you can have the biggest muscles in the world you can be six foot two two hundred thirty pounds bow leg loop walk around here but you gonna die unsaved you was five you was strong you was good looking amen but you going to hell <laughs> you see? You see, so what he said, now he, he he not saying don't look good. He's saying but looking good is only beneficial for a while. While you're in this earth suit. But how many of you know eternity does not take this earth suit? Because the Bible says no flesh and blood, don't make it into heaven. So the body, watch this, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, the body going back to the ground, where it come from. Hallelujah. So working out is good. But if you're gonna spend two hours in the gym and no time in the scriptures, I would say you prepare. Watch this. Somebody told me if you if you fail to plan, plan to fail. And if you if you fail to get this word and to get in Christ, plan to go to hell, Hallelujah. When you put in your change of address card, don't put heaven because you ain't going there. <laughs> If you're not spending no time with God Let me say this to the camera Because America got everybody so fooled That you think you can sit at home And still call yourself saved a Christian No you can't Hallelujah You got to serve, praise and worship God Sometime Now what church you choose to go to That's on you What day you choose to go That's on you But uh, all Christians are in a church All saved folks is in a church I believe that I believe everybody that's saved, that's been sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit, that claimed the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I believe that that person is in a church somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. No, you just can't sit at home. Now, let me tell you what some people like to do. Some people like to sit at home, don't want to serve, praise, and worship God, don't want to send no tithes, don't want to do nothing, but soon as something goes wrong, they want the pastor to come pray for them. Hmm. Soon as something go wrong, they want the church. Well, nobody from the church called me. We forgot you was a member. We ain't seen you since 73. How many of us got you to go back there and check the rolls? Everybody name that's on the road. I don't. I'm the pastor. So if you ain't been here in two, three years, what makes you think you're the first thing on my mind? I ain't heard from you. I ain't heard from you either. I throw a party every Wednesday and every Saturday, and you choose not to come. But you think when something happens in your life, you the first thing on my mind. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Well, watch this. Being a Christian has, what's the B word? Benefits. Being a Christian has benefits. And if you forego your benefits, watch this. If you don't pray, if you don't pay your premium and you get in the wreck in the next week, you ain't got no insurance. Now why do we know that with insurance But we don't know that with ushers mm-hmm. Huh You didn't pay your insurance bill Your house burned down You call the insurance company well, well ma'am you didn't pay your premium <laughs> But I had it for 15 years But you didn't pay your last premium <laughs> Well that's how ushers is God wants to see you The bible says Present yourself Done Amen. He said, "Watch it." In, in the, the the writer of Hebrews says, "Do not forsake the fellowship of one another, like some of you do." All right, I'm gonna move on. Amen. I can tell when people get nervous and get quiet. But just like somebody told me before, a lot—that's why I'm glad we got this thing right here. Because a lot of times, the people here, you preaching to them, but they the ones who doing. They gotta do. So sometimes, you, in other words, what we, we used to say, you preach it to the choir. Yeah they're here Amen Hallelujah So he said uh, Verse 9 This is a trustworthy saying And everyone should accept it This is why we work hard and continue to struggle For our hope is in the living God Watch this The God who is the savior Of how many people Particularly who The believers you see? He's the God of everybody. But particularly, the, this is the saying. This is a little saying. Let's just say your house catch on fire. And, and your, your children have some of their friends over. Who are you gonna get out the house first? Now see y'all getting all holy and sanctimonious over. <laughs> You know, dog on way, you gonna get your kids out of there first. If you run across somebody else's kid first and, and they run through the door, that's cool. You ain't gonna knock them down, but you looking for yours. You hollering your baby's names. Like you 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 might go. You gonna go back and get the other people's kids after you get your kids. You just you're just not gonna let them burn now. But when the when you realize the house is on fire. You're going to think about your kids first. You're going to probably even be forgot that they had company else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they got some things in life that's automatic. That's the point I'm making. So it's a trustworthy saying. He's the God who cares for all people, but he really looking out, He looking after his children first. Watch this. Paul said this in another thing. He says we should be taking care of everybody's needs. He said, but first of all, take care of the household of God first. Ain't that what he said? Yeah. See, so once again, why you listen to me carefully, you Don't get mad, get educated. We gotta go with what the Bible says and stop second-guessing what the Bible says. Yeah. If God tell you to take care of the household of God first and you running out there worried about feeding them people in the house, and we got three, four, five families in here that need something, we gonna take care of these people first. Because honestly, what you look like going out there helping somebody else and your house burning down? The people at your house, stop, watch this though. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't we have some men like that? They'll go fix on somebody else's stuff and they stuff burn. You working on the neighbor plumbing in your, your house. What she told you when we was in Kentucky? He want to come work on your car and her, she had to take her to the shop. <laughs> you see? She was mad. Then they got men. They got men like that. We like to go out in the world and act like we all that. And we making everybody laugh around town. And go home and you the biggest hell in town. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. Amen. Amen. Verse 11. Teach these things and insist that everybody learn. Verse 12. He says, "Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young." Now, right away, he's letting us know right here that Timothy is a young preacher. And, and I don't think Timothy Timothy is just young in the ministry. I think Timothy is actually young in age. I had several people tell me. I guess I must look younger than I am, because I mean at 50 some years old. But I had I had a lot of old people tell me when I first started preaching, but well, he can't be my pastor, he's too young. So I, I, I understand what they say because if a person is older, you feel like they're more mature. And if a person is young, you think, you kind of feel like they're a little immature. So I understand what they mean, but at the same token, that's prejudging somebody just on one, uh, one area of their life. Because you young, you can't leave me. How old was Josiah when he was made king? Eight. Now the Bible don't talk about the other one, his brother. He was king when he was 12. Now the Bible, you know, the Bible don't, we don't make a big deal out of him as much as we do Josiah. But he was 12, there's a lot of uh, kings. Uh, now a lot of people don't like to talk about this because it ain't politically correct. But Mary was a young teenager. She wasn't an old teenager, like 17 and 18 when she got pregnant, Joe. she was a young teenager like 12 to 14 years old when the Bible says that the spirit placed uh, Jesus inside her. So she was young. That's actually what that term, when you look at the term virgin, it also, it it don't only mean a woman who ain't never had sex before, it also means a young woman of married age, a virgin. That's why the Bible always comes back. There's no version of the Bible, there's no translation of the Bible that does not add, and she had never knew a man. Well, when you'd already told me she was a virgin, if that's what it meant, you would have to come back and say she had never knew a man, because that's what. But it's showing you that she was a young handmaid who had never had a man. It's telling you two things in that in that sentence, amen. So he says, uh, "Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity." In other words, just because you're young, show the people you mean things. Just because you're young, that don't mean you gotta walk around here with your pants hanging down. That don't mean you gotta walk around here cussing. That don't mean you gotta walk around here knocking people' pictures off their wall. That don't mean you gotta walk, see, just because you're young, Paul said, when I was a child, I did, I act like a child. He said, but when I became a man, I had to put childish things away. When you become a leader in the church, you gotta put some things away. I was talking to somebody just the other night, and I told him, I said, listen, they got some stuff you can get away with in the church I can't get away with. I'm a pastor. You can get away with that. You a member. Hallelujah. Now, my feelings used to be hurt. You know, when y'all did y'all little parties and and, and little family reunions and all that. I come and it, it seemed like ain't nobody having fun. And after I leave, they tell me, ooh, boy, we sure have fun. And I used to kind of get my feelings hurt a little bit. But then my wife told me, man, the people don't want to be partying around you, man. You're a pastor, man. Yeah, that's respect. That's respect. I took it as a diss, but that's respect.
1: So now I understand.
0: So most times, you know, you had your little parties and everything, I come and stay my little hour. I'll be watching the clock too, okay, 45, to 45, <laughs> keep' time to go. Amen. <laughs> amen. So I'm not offended by that. I'm understanding now. That's just that they respect you, bro. Amen. 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 So he says in verse 13, he says, until I. Oh, wait, let me finish that so it makes sense. I got to read verse 12 again. He says, Don't let anyone think less of you because of your youth. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love your faith, your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Now this is confirmation to me because this is what I heard a man say today. I I forget who I was listening to today. Uh, Oh, I forget who I was listening to today. But he made a point that he said, listen, sometimes in in the church we just need to read the Bible. Stop all the commentary trying to explain everything. I don't know if y'all know this though, but over the last... Year or so when I've been preaching, we've been reading like a whole chapter. I don't just read no one verse, close the Bible, start booking and start preaching. We've been reading a whole chapter because what you're really interested in is what the word says, not what I think about it. Amen. Amen. So uh, this is a question that I want to ask. Now I want to ask this question, I want you to write your answer down. If you feel like it, I want you to raise your hand and and be honest. But I want you, uh, you don't have to answer this question if you feel like it, you can. But I I want to ask this question, or these questions at this time. What is it that people, specifically Christians, need most of all? What is it that Christians, all people but specifically Christians, what is it that we need most of all? Right now. Cause this is for you to look at on a daily basis. And, 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 and for the most part, a lot of times, uh, we hang things on our refrigerator. Cause we go there a lot. <laughs> hang it on your mirror in the bathroom. Cause you go there a lot. You know, hopefully every time you use the restroom, hopefully you wash your hands. So hopefully you look in that mirror. And the refrigerator is the next place where we go. I wouldn't say hanging on the TV, but you're not gonna be able to see the TV. Because that's another thing we do all day, every day. But I want you to look at your answers periodically. What is it that you think all people, but primarily Christians, need in life? Now, the answer that the man gave today doing his commentary, he says that. What we need most of all is we need to love God more than anything on this earth and we need to enjoy God more than anything else on this earth. If there's something else on this earth that gives you more pleasure and more peace and more tranquility than God the Father, reading the scriptures, praying, meditating, being into yourself, self-introspection. That's what that's really what we need. Because the church, America first of all, the the culture that we live in, the country that we live in is a lying nation. This country was built on a lie. And it has been perpetrating uh, and proliferating that lie ever since 1776, and even before the 1619 Project. They've been, listen, this country is just a lie. Now let me show you what the country has made us do since we grew up in this country every day of our life. You know what it turned us into? Now you don't have to admit it. I know. We some liars. I've been working on mine now for about seven years. <laughs> seven, eight years. It was yeah, I remember I remember explicitly. I stood right there on New Year's Eve of 2012 and told y'all, pray for your pastor, because he need to work on his line. And God, God has blessed me tremendously. You listen, I might have told you some stuff and you thought I was lying, but I'm standing there telling you, no, I wasn't lying because I'd rather say nothing to you these days than to lie to you. Hallelujah. So, this is what we need. We need to learn how to love God more and let nothing in this world give us more joy more than God. That's the answer to those questions. Because you can word it whatever way you want to but hang that on your refrigerator because some of us get more enjoyment out of an nfl football game on sunday that we have no stations amen some of us get excited when it's time to go across the boat to, to cross the bridge to the boat can't wait We're tapping our feet can't wait to get there get in the parking lot and get happy car ain't even yet you run into the building amen some of us get happy when it's time to go eat I mean, we got a lot of things, but nothing should give us joy more than that. Amen? This is the next question. Write this down. Write this down. Where would the church be if everybody had your level of commitment? Where would the church be if everybody had your level of commitment? Where would the church be If everybody had, if everybody paid tithes like you paid tithes. Where would the church be if everybody had the same commitment level as you? Now what that's doing is opening up your eyes to your personal ministries. If the church, if everybody in the church act like you, where would the church be? church people. If everybody act like you. As soon as you get mad, you don't want to come. As soon as something else come up you can't pay your tithe. I mean we got all kind of reasons for not doing what we gotta do for God. But it's amazing. It's amazing to me the energy and effort and consistency we have on these things called jobs. That's amazing to me. Let me tell you something. I'm a business owner. And if, if I don't make it happen, I don't get paid. So I give, I give uh, that law and service I give that law and service my attention every day. Every work day. Every work day I give that law and service my attention. But not no more than I give this. I give this ministry way more attention than I give that law service. Way more. Way more. Verse 14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Verse 15, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Uh Uh-oh. Now let's read this out of the King James. Somebody got a King James open? Oh, I got it I'm, I'm First Timothy 4 now I want to read verse 15 verse 15 of King James It says meditate upon these things give yourself holy to them that they profiting may appear to all that thy profiting may appear to all now I wanted to read that he's saying in other words let other people see what you're doing now, but, and now, let me show you what's so important about that. In the church today, Christians got the audacity to say, I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care what nobody thinks about what I'm doing. ain't mm-hmm. hey, what he said. You see what I'm saying, how we like to take scripture and make it mean what we want it to mean? And my, Listen, as the pastor, my problem is this, and I ask people this all the time. They call me with all this old stuff they they want to do in their life, and I'm talking about, show me a scripture. Didn't I do that? Show me a scripture where that fit. Show me a scripture where that fit Now and and the reason I do that Because there's a lot of scriptures I don't know And some people May have reasons why they doing what they doing From the Bible so I'm not being facetious when I say that Show me a scripture where that fit So and so cussed me out So I'm going to cuss them back out Show me a scripture where that fit Hallelujah So and so did me wrong So I'm plotting to get them back Show me a scripture where that fit. Christian. Well, I'm just not feeling it, so I'm not going to serve God. Show me a scripture where that fit. <laughs> just making it up as you go. And you know what? The Protestant American church taught you that. That's okay. The Protestant American church taught you that if you don't agree with the scripture, you don't have to do it. That's the mindset we've been raised up under. Verse 16, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation, watch this, and the sake of those that's hearing you. Don't live loosey-goosey, y'all. Now, Paul wrote a whole chapter on stumbling blocks. Now, this is what he says. He says, listen to me carefully, because listen, listen. The church that messed our head up. You, look, I know folk that will lie about Scripture. you you start making it up on your own as you go. Now, if the Bible says, don't let your liberty become, become a stumbling block for others. Now, listen to what he says. He says, you feel free in doing something in your relationship with Christ. But you can't do that in front of everybody because just like we talked about, it's really the vegetarian and the vegan that's weak. If you're doing it for spiritual purposes, if you're just doing it for health reasons or whatever, whatever. But if you think not eating meat brings you closer to God, you're the one that's weak. That's what the Bible said. But people will argue with your body. No, no, because God, if you don't eat that meat, God said we shouldn't eat no meat. Well, that's why I found Genesis chapter 9, verse 3. Because way back then, after they got off the boat, God said, okay, you can eat and, and I, I don't think nobody can show me nowhere else where he said you can't. I mean, like I said, I don't know all the scriptures. So it might be a scripture in another dispensation because that was a change of a dispensation. Now, I don't know how I many, well, y'all know the teaching on the, uh, the dispensations of man, innocence, consciousness, uh, human government, uh, promise, law, grace. That's the dispensations of man. Uh, when they got off the boat, that was the dispensation of human government that was being uh, ushered in. Because now Noah had the right to run the world. So we really just have to be able to stick with what the scriptures say, and uh, to be able to digest it, and not only give people, listen, listen, I'm gonna close with this. What I'm trying to learn how to do uh, as the pastor and as a Christian it's not only free myself up, but give people freedom as well. And the church that messed our minds up, the church that made us think that in the the church, that that we should run the church like we run outside businesses. Where the boss gets to write the rules down and everybody else got to follow but him. That's what the church then became. Look at the popes. look at the priests. Amen. Look at a lot of big pastors. You the one telling everybody the rules, but you ain't following the rules yourself. So if Christ has set us free, Scripture says that what? We are free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So not only let's begin to free ourselves up, but more importantly, let's give other people the freedom that they need as well. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, it is in the wonderful, everlasting name of your Son, our Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Lord, we thank you once again for this word. God, we thank you for your Bible. We thank you for this lesson. Father, we pray that as we continue to read Timothy, uh, Paul's uh, pastoral epistles, God, that you would enlighten our hearts and our minds how, how we should act in the household of God, uh, in your house. So, Father, we just thank you, we love you, we trust you, we honor you, we bless you, and we magnify you. God, there's many people that are confused and confounded, living in these last evil days. The earth is going crazy, God, and the devil seems as though he's winning. But, God, we know that the victory is ours because the battle has already been won. Jesus defeated the battle on Calvary, God. So, Father, help us to remember that we don't have to fight the devil, God. We don't have to fight the dragon. We just have to make sure we don't accept the system of the beast and the false prophet. Lord, so keep our hearts and our minds and our eyes attentive to your word, God, so that uh, the Holy Spirit that lives inside us may be able to lead and guide us into all truth and righteousness, God, so that we won't fall for the trick of the beast and the false prophet. Uh, the system that they are now setting up is not something that we're waiting to happen in the future, Father. It is happening right now. We know that you're not oblivious of it, God. We know that you see exactly what's going on. Actually, when we read the scriptures, we see that it's you who's actually allowing it to happen because of the uh, uh the disobedience and the rebellion, the rebellion of your people. So, Father, help us not to be rebellious, God. We know that in this flesh we're disobedient, but you sent Jesus as a propitiation for our sins. You have covered our sins and our faults and our rebellions and our proclivities. God, but Father, help us not to be rebellious mm-hmm. against you. Where your word says it's wrong, help us to be able to admit that it's wrong and help us to try to help uh, change our lives. Mm-hmm. So, God, we thank you, we love you, we yeah. trust you, and we're waiting on you to come again. Jesus, in the wonderful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah.